Attention on deck. You're about to take command. Welcome to The Bunker with Andy Burroughs, Freddie Ham, and Andy Lockhart. Welcome everybody back to the bunker. Yes, I'm finally here. I've remembered that I do have a Washington podcast. Um, I'm your host, Andy Burrows. I even forgot my own name. It's been so long. Um, Freddie and uh, Mr. Lockhart, Mr. Scouse cannot be here because it is nearly midnight here in the UK. And Freddie has had some uh, medical emergency with his dog. However, I am joined by two of my good friends, Mr. Adam Aniba and Mr. Jesse Martin. How are you boys? Good evening. What's going on, Andy? How you doing, buddy? I am good. I am good, my man. It's uh, it's finally a pleasure to actually make my own podcast. I feel like Keith. I feel like I don't make my own podcast anymore, but it's uh, it's good to come and talk some uh, Washington football. Uh, Adam, I tuned into uh, you guys with uh, with Doug uh, yesterday talking all things Washington. Um, OTAs are on at the minute, uh, Adam. Um, a big deal has been made today out of Chase Young for the second year running not being at OTAs. Now, I tweeted out earlier, I don't really care if I'm honest. I mean, it's voluntary. You don't have to be at these OTAs. I mean, Adam, uh, Twitter's been up in flames in the last hour, two hours that Chase isn't there. He's a leader. We see him on the sidelines during the season. Rah, rah, rah. And when we need him, he's not there. Are we reading too much into this, Adam? You know, should Chase Young be at OTA? I think it was him... Montez Sweat and a another that wasn't uh, that aren't in the facility at OTAs. I mean, do we read too much into these players not being there? It is voluntary at the end of the day. Yeah, I, I think we do. I think it's slow news day. I think they, you know, their media has to come up with something. They and don't don't sleep on it. They perpetuate it on social media. It's not the fans that are perpetuating it. It's the media bothering to even you know be on top of that. But um, I, I don't know. I think it's kind of on par. With, with Chase Young, you know, I think that there's already been discussion, like, you know, there's really maybe possibly some friction between him and Ron Rivera, you know, maybe on some philosophical issues. I haven't heard anything with Del Rio, and that's what's important to me, because in the at the end of the day, Del Rio is the one that's coaching him and Coach Z. So mm-hmm. although Ron Rivera is the head coach, I, I think it, it really doesn't matter. Um, as far as, you know, the voluntary, I think with Sweat also on the last year of his deal, it's it, I don't know if they're trying to send any message, but it's voluntary. And I think at the end of the day, it's really, really not going to matter. So, um, you know, if the interior of the defensive line, you know, they've locked up a lot of money there, uh, you know, and I think the writing's on the wall for these defensive ends. I think there's even a possibility that both of them don't come back. Cause I think you have Cam Curl that's also coming, going into free agency and he's key. <laughs> he's mm-hmm. probably, in my opinion, might be even more important to this defense than young or sweat. Um, so I think at the end of the day, that whatever's mandatory, they'll be there until then. You know, I don't think it's much of a story. No, I mean, Jesse, do you take much stock into Chase not being there? I mean, it's the second year, you know, you know, he, he, he's coming back off a horrific injury. I know he played at the back end of, of last season. 
it's voluntary. He doesn't have to be there. But again, like Adam says, it's a slow news day. But a lot of fans, I mean, I was going backwards and forwards on Twitter up until about two hours ago with fans. And they're like, no, he must be there. He's a locker room leader. Some people are like, just trade him, get rid of him. You know, let's let's get some better people in the building that want to be there. Obviously, Adam just mentioned that there might be some friction with Ron Rivera behind the scenes. Jesse, where are you with the whole Chase Young thing at the minute? Did, are, are we just, you know, it, it's May. We need something to talk about. Is this just Washington media being Washington media and they're getting in a flap over nothing? So, so you're telling me that our, our fans and, and me are overreacting again? <laughs> no, I mean, I, I couldn't possibly suggest this, Jesse. Look, I mean, do I want him there? Absolutely. Do, do I think he should be there? Yes. Uh, but like Adam says, it's on par with what Chase Young has shown since he's come to Washington. I think he's going to do it on his own time. And uh, I don't think he really too much cares what anybody else thinks. And it, it, as, as long as he shows up when he's supposed to show up, like he has to show up, I guess I'll be okay with it. You know, I don't expect that C to be on his shoulder uh, like it was. Um, you know, I, I got upset last uh, uh, time he didn't show up, uh, you know, when they gave him the captaincy after his, his rookie year. Cause I really, I thought he should have been there. I mean, being a, a young ca- a captain like this now, I really don't care. Um, I think it's just uh, it's just one of those things where maybe he sees the writing on the wall and he's out after this year. Uh, Maybe he's doing some training on his own. Um, But I I don't think we should uh, get our panties in a wad, so to speak, um, uh, right here. It was at May 23rd. Hmm. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I've. I'm not really too much into. I mean, I know Washington media; they they need to make these stories and they need to. It's all clickbait and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. I don't really give a shit as long as come week one, September, as long as he's on that field and rolling. That's all I care about. You know what I mean? If there is some beef with Ron Rivera behind the scenes, I hope it gets sorted. I mean, I'm not one of these fans that trade him, get rid of him. No, that's 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 not for me. But um, that's ridiculous talk. No, it's crazy. Um, Adam, obviously, I've I've listened to you with Doug on other shows. I haven't had the chance to sit down with you since the draft. Uh, what did you make of the Washington 2023 draft class? Um, some people are saying not as strong as previous years. Some are some are really hopeful. Um, you know, as someone that evaluates this talent, what did you make of what come out of the 2023 draft for the Commanders? Uh, initially, like, I love the Forbes pick. It was just an interesting time, and he was one of the last uh, scouting reports I dropped before the draft when I went in with uh, Wole on Fox Sports, and we actually talked about him and Gonzalez, ironically enough, and I said, although I really like Gonzalez, uh, there was some things in his game that, to me, um I think this team, one thing that they're missing was turnovers. You know, it was 20 interceptions in the last two years, ranking 28th, 29th, respectively. Um, So although Gonzalez looked like a superior prospect to many, and I loved him, I evaluated him as well. But, you know, you're talking about a guy in Forbes, you know, people got stuck on his weight, but somehow stayed extremely healthy in the SEC. uh, Six career touchdowns off of uh, interceptions, which is the most in SEC history. You know, 14 interceptions over his career. This is what Washington's missing. So you could call this a need pick, but also, you know, in some opinions, uh, a reach. I had him as a late first, early second. But in the end, where are you going to draft him if you're talking about 10 to 15 picks? It really doesn't matter if they fit your scheme and what you're looking to do. So I think when with Forbes, that was a home run to me. Um, I really think he's going to be a good player. I don't think in all defenses he could have an immediate impact, but I think with the way this team is built and a lot of the attention is to the front line, you know, you talk about, 
Uh, people say he's lucky he was in the right place at the right time with four of those interceptions coming off tip balls. Well, that's one thing our interior defensive line does well. So that's why I think it's a really good fit. What concerned me with Gonzalez is too many times on the film, I saw when the ball's in the air, he just was slow to get his head around. Forbes, this guy's jumping routes. You know, he's looking to get his hands on guys. And, you know, they love him as a press man. But thankfully, uh, we're playing zone because I think he'd get really exposed if he played a lot of man on the next level. You know, that's where the size comes into, uh, you know, issue. But the ability to really just survey the field, see the quarterback and play in the zone, which they were predominantly 75% in zone sets last year. I think he really fits well. Um, going defensive back two times in a, for the Twitter, second round. the second round, yeah. That surprised me. You know, a guy like Cody Marsh, I evaluated from North Dakota State. I really thought, you know, a tackle guard, you know, fit exactly what Washington loves to, you know, select in the, those versatile prospects. But after I watched Quan Martin, the Illinois man, I was really, I was happy. My overall grade went from a B to a B plus, believe it or not, after I saw Martin, because they got rid of Bobby McCain and, you know, they were like, who's going to play the slot? We're going to try to uh, BSJ there again, Fuller, which, Fuller is at the point where, you know, he's on the outside or bust because I just think he's a liability inside. So what did they do? They turned around and drafted, you know, a prototypical nickel corner, but a guy that played a lot of snaps in safety, Illinois, really looked good with Witherspoon, who we saw go in the top 10. I just think that it was a home run because, you know, they were looking to upgrade the defensive backfield and they achieved that. So I think investing all this money. I understand why they did a lot of people say, you know, got to build the offensive line. And I agree hundred percent, but I feel like they wanted to solidify that defense, create turnovers, give their quarterback a short field. Do you really have, you know, an opportunity this year and, you know, offensive line, we'll talk about that, but that's where I think they really, you know, the picks I'd like the picks as far as value and where they were, but man, I think that they really try needed to, uh, you know, get some guys in here that were going to be, you know, immediate starters. I think a lot of these guys, there's questions if they can play day one. Mm, Jesse Adam makes a great point and, and, it, and it's a point I've gone over with a lot of uh, Washington fans in the last since the drafts it's nearly a month ago now how many of these guys legitimately could make an immediate impact you look at teams predominantly throughout the years you know that they, they're drafting people to come into their team hit the ground running and start does this draft kind of give you that we're kind of building towards getting these guys into our team where Washington are very much, we need players now. If you like Adam says, if you look at all the faults that we had last season, we don't really want to take them into next season. Did, has this draft really put your mind at ease or are you still very skeptical about this team going into the 2023 season? You know, we definitely fill some holes with this draft, but what we've learned from Ron and company is they like their draft picks. They like to keep their draft picks and they uh, try to utilize, you know, all of them. They, they don't, they haven't cut many draft picks since they've been here. Uh, really, if you really think about it. Um, I could see quite a few making their mark uh, this year. You know, obviously uh, you got, you got your big two uh, uh, defensive backs. I mean, you got Strongberg. I'm, I'm excited to see, um, you know, there's d defensive ends come and play. Uh, you know, there's even some daggone uh, un undrafted free agents that could make their mark. Um, in Casimir Allen uh, as a punt and kick returner. Um, overall, I thought this draft class was. Uh, I, I know a lot of people didn't like it, and and Tweesha's own, uh, but I thought they drafted smart. Um, they got players that could be helpful right away. Um, they just didn't, you know, I, I know the, 
we all wanted offensive line. Yeah, we we did get Stromberg. That's perfectly fine. Uh, I mean, we needed a guard or center. Um, absolutely. Uh, did they do enough at the offensive line uh, position? We don't know how Daniels is going to uh, develop. And, and you know, I, that's the one question mark that we have. But they did pick up two free agent offensive linemen. They did pick a draft two uh, offensive linemen. So in their eyes – they know a lot more than any of us doing podcasts, any of us out on Twitter. You know, they know what they have. What? Um, more than Twitter? <laughs> yes. Uh, it's a wait and see game with these guys, really. Um, mm-hmm. Immediate impacts? Yeah, I can definitely see, you know, four of them make a, make an immediate impact right away. Um, the rest, you know how it is. It, you can't judge a draft class for at least three years. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Adam, did uh, and then a lot of fans have said this, and you just mentioned there about the offensive line. With Sam Howell back there, you know, quote-unquote rookie QB going into his first full season at Washington, did we take a risk not going heavy on the O-line, do you think? Because we spoke, I listened to you talk pre-draft, I listened to a lot of fans, I listened to Kime, I listened to Kevin Sheehan, a lot of, you know, to, to people ringing up 980 on the daily saying O-line, O-line, O-line. Did it surprise you that we didn't go heavy on the O-line? Um, no, um, I think this is on par with what Ron Rivera likes to do. I think, uh, you know, Gates, um, I think that's the guy he wants to see start Stromberg. We'll have an opportunity to compete with him, but, you know, nearly $8 million a year, three-year deal. So it wasn't just a one-year deal, you know, and then getting Wiley as well from Kansas City, you know, hoping he can pan out for right tackle. You know, a lot of people I talk to in Kansas City that evaluate, uh, they're like, you know, you should put him a guard because that's where he actually looked really good in Kansas City. Right tackle, he was serviceable. Um, but, Again, these moves are, you know, pretty much on par with Ron. And my concern uh, is the tackles. That's the with the especially a left tackle. I think Leno has been serviceable, but I think that you know that can only last so long in this NFL. Like you know, we're in a tough division in the NFC East. The pass rushing just got upgraded for every single team, either re-signing them or drafting guys. But what I feel a lot more comfortable with, if it was Turner, I think that our quarterback's in deep shit. But with EB, everything that I've been reading, hearing, he's going to implement a lot of tempo offense, a lot of quick games. So it, it, there's not going to be these, you know, five, six, seven step drops that Turner was trying to call with Wentz, even Heineke. You know, he's going to play to the strengths of Sam Howell. They talked about his play. He, they asked him about his playbook. And he basically was saying that, you know, his playbook is not ironclad. You know, he's going to work it around his players. And that's what I like to hear because with mm-hmm. Sam Howell, when he came out, although he's a fifth round, I thought he had the best touch pass in the draft, you know, former baseball player, his footwork, his footwork is what's really concerning. There was some definitely improvements we saw in that Dallas game, but it, you know, still needs a lot of work. So what do you do for that? You don't make those guys hold on to the ball too long and dance in the pocket. You really get the ball out of his hands quickly. You know, if you're calling play action, you're calling quick hitches, slants. I think that's what we're going to see. So, the offensive line, although I still feel it's the biggest weakness, under EB, you know, I don't know how good we're going to end up being with him. But what I do know is we're going to see a lot of innovation for the first time in years because that's what he learned from Andy Reid. I think that's mm-hmm. what he's going to bring over. It's going to be a modified West Coast, but there's going to be a lot of, you know, playing to uh, how strength, I think, you know, RPO concepts, spread concepts, which is exactly what he did with the Tar Heels. You know, that's going to be able to give this offense an opportunity to just get the ball in their playmakers and playmakers' hands, you know, because Kansas City Chiefs, you know, they had Tyreek Hill, but after that, let's be real. You know, none of these guys, I don't think, other than him, really matched up to McLaurin, Dotson, even Samuel. You know, and I think, you know, our guy Jesse even mentioned Kaz Allen. You know, this is a guy I watched all his games and, man, I'm shocked that he went undrafted. You know, you talk about a bank, we had him returning kicks. 
you know, this guy's 5'8", 170, but <laughs> small, yes. But he played running back in high school and he was playing, you know, in the rotation with, you know, Carbonate at UCLA. So this is a guy who's been used all over the place, prototypical EB kind of guy that he can use as a Swiss Army knife. So I think that how you don't have to ask him to throw the ball 50, 60 yards down the field, you know, four or five times a game. I think these short routes, these slants are going to give it the playmakers and how showed in that Dallas game, you know, it was just a snippet, but he saw that all his passes, he's given his receivers a chance to run with Carson Wentz. And especially with Taylor Heineke too many times, you saw these guys coming back to the ball, you know, having to break off their route. So I think what Howe's going to give you is he's going to put the ball on point. You know, will he be late? That's to be determined. You know, how's he going to fare under pressure when he's, you know, a multi-game starter. But I think this is setting up EB to really have an offense that, I've said to everyone, I think the floor is eight games, and I think ceiling is 10-11 wins for this team. So the offensive line is still a weakness, but I think EB will, you know, keep that in mind, and you're not going to be seeing, you know, the quarterback on the ball as long as – especially with Turner. Mm. You know, Adam just hit it on the head. Expect a whole hell of a lot of quick game passing, uh, Mm -hmm. protecting Sam Howell. Um, And the thing about it is, really, I mean – I know this probably sounds dumb, but Sam's Sam's got it made, man. the The amount of of playmakers on this team, I bet EB's just sitting in his office, just giggling to himself of, of the things that he's going to be able to come up with. Um, because yeah, maybe our own line's not going to be the strongest group on the field, uh, but there's ways around that. There's definitely ways around that. Yeah, yep. people, people, people in the slot and stuff like that. I mean, I don't know if you guys, uh, Freddie sent me the Mike uh, Martz breakdown of Sam Howell right. earlier. I don't, yeah. I watched that, that and one. yeah, that and, when you, and when you watched it, it comes back to what you two, well, like Adam and Jesse, is what you're saying. If you watch a lot of Sam Howell, it is a lot of get the ball, release the ball, get the ball, release the ball. There was none of this like when we saw last season when we had, or when we had Wentz and you know, and where you do fragile O line is probably the wrong word, but where you don't want to crucify the kid. Right. If he's all and like you said, Adam, what EB will bring to this team is Sam Howell have the ball, and within five seconds, that ball will be gone. You know, what yeah. I mean, and sometimes last year that was to our detriment, you know, what I mean, especially when we had Heineke, you, yeah, you yeah, you're counting to like 15 to 20 seconds, and our QB has still got the ball, our O line is collapsed, and they're eating grass. I think with EB, I think he he's one of these coaches that will work to the players that he's got. Sometimes our coaches have worked to their scheme, and it's their scheme or nothing. With yep. EB, I think he'll look at Sam Howe and go, okay, for the first month, first two months of the season, let's work within these parameters. Let's not try and do anything stupid. Let's not try and do something that you're not. I'm not trying to turn you into Tom Brady. I'm not trying to turn you into Brett Favre or any of these guys. I'm going to work with the Sam Howe that I've got. And I think that'll be to the detriment of Washington because in the past, I think we have gone gung ho and we've, you know, like, like you say, say Scott Turner's like, this is my way or the highway. EB's not going to be like that. Like you say, he's worked with Andy Reid, he's worked, you know what I mean? He's taken some great things. Yeah, go on, sorry, Adam. Yeah, no, we keep this in mind, you know, as fans, we keep talking about the passing game, the passing game. I'm telling you, you run know, EB, former run running back, you know, he's going to run the ball. <laughs> and I think, you know, Ron, Ron Rivera, yes, he needed an offensive coordinator, especially with name value, but he also named him assistant coach. So let's keep that in mind. And he's going to give him full reign. And I think he was in charge of, you know, a lot of the guys that he wanted to see in his offense. And for them to select a guy like Rodriguez out of um, Kentucky mm-hmm. late in the draft, you know, this guy's a bowling ball, north, south, you know, he doesn't offer the type of pass catching that even Robinson, especially with AG does, but it tells me right there, you saw how Pacheco ran the ball in the Super Bowl for Kansas City. He's going to run the ball. 
So the best way to help your young quarterback is to, you know, really have a solid running game. So as much as we love our receivers, man, I'm also looking forward to a lot of these games where offensive line is going forward because that's what he's going to be looking to do. So, you know, guys that have, you know, technical issues, young, still trying to acclimate to the NFL, the best way to help them is to have them going that forward. Pass protection. Mm-hmm. You're always going forward. You know, you're you're always getting guys that are bending the edge that you're going to – that's where all the holding calls come in for young, young rookies. Um, and this is an opportunity to just keep it going. And again, and of course, it sets up play action. So as much as we talk about the passing game, I think Robinson, you know, I really think if Gibson stays healthy, I think this guy's going to make himself a lot of money. I don't I, I'm not sure he'll be able to stay in Washington over the, this year because I this year because I, I think Gibson is going to really be utilized by a, uh, by um, Eric Bianami because I think by getting Rodriguez to me, they're going to develop him more. I know they really like him for his blocking. But, you know, other than those guys, you know, Jamal Williams, I don't think you're going to see uh, too many carries with him because I, I, I think they will keep four. But I think that A.G., you're going to see him a lot in the passing game because I think that E.B. is just going to look at that tape. You know, he's notorious for going back to guys' college tape and really trying to implement things that they really do well. That He did that. You know, they talk about he had success with Mahomes. Mahomes is a lot of the reason. But, yeah, you got to give the man credit for going back to his Texas Tech film and really looking at some of the concepts that he did well and implementing that into the offense because everyone wants to give Andy Reid all the credit. I think you have to understand about game planning, you know, uh, game implementation – EB had a lot to do with that, especially when it came to the run game and play action. Mm. Of course, of course, we're going to have a good running game. I mean, EB's a former running back. I mean, come on, you you know, daggone well that there's times that, uh, when he was with the Chiefs that he'd probably just want to run the ball. But no, you got Patrick Mahomes there that can pass it on to any blade of grass on the field. Right? Uh, yeah, our running game is going to be first and foremost. I can guarantee that. You know, that mm. that's that's the way to protect Sam Howell. And don't forget. Sam Howe is a willing runner as well, too. That also will help him. Uh, You know, you saw last year Heineke at times very, very timid on running the football because he didn't want to get hurt. He didn't want to come off the field. Sam Howe's not – I mean, you saw it just in the game, you know, versus versus Dallas. He'll take off and run. And he's he's got a body that's built to take, uh, you know, take some of those blows as well. Yes. Adam, what do we need to see from the running game that's different from previous seasons? Because, you know, we say it all the time, Washington's got a good running game. You know, we we you know we do say it every single year. What do we need? It's all right saying the enemy's in the building. We know that. It's going to be fantastic. But what right. do we need to see to actually get that? We say it all the time. On paper, we've got a great running game. Yeah, it's, it's, every, it's, it's, every January, it's, I sit there with you guys. I'm like, yep, we didn't do it this year. We, You know, it's happened again. What do we need to do that's different that's going to take us to the next level this season? Again, you know, I love this team, but I'm an EB homer. I've been I've been watching him, loving him for the past couple of years and wanted him to actually be the head coach uh, mm-hmm. as soon as, you know, Jay Gruden was out. So one thing that I'm going to tell you that's really going to get fans going is his situational and awareness. That was a big problem under Turner. You're, again, perfect example, you know, third and one, you see them in shotgun and you see the running back four or five yards in the backfield and it's Samuel on third and one. And I like how they mix it up with him, but Turner did it over and over and over. What you're going to see with EB is they're going to be tight on the line when you're talking about third and shorts, and they're just bullying ahead. And they're going to use Sam Howe for that too. And they're going to use Robinson. They're going to, there's no coincidence that it's six, one, six, two, and six, one are, you know, our, our three running backs. There's a reason for that. He's going to utilize that Turner. I just think Turner just was in over his head. He, he's a positional coach and that's 
really what he should have been. And I think with EB, you're going to see those stretch runs on first and second down when they're supposed to take place, not on third, third short. And you're talking about four or five yard loss we saw. So I think you're going to see a lot more savvy, you know, in the run game. They're going to utilize the tight ends like they have really big guys. That's one thing I think Bates is going to have an opportunity this year to really solidify his role. I think Thomas I was a little surprised they brought him back. I think they have some hope that he's really going to shine. But, you know, my dark horse is, you know, if he doesn't show a lot in training camp, you know, we could see Thomas getting cut because I think they have a guy uh, in the back of the tight end room, Hodges, six foot eight, that they really like. And I don't know if they're going to keep more than four uh, because I think when you have a guy like Armani Rogers is a weapon, you know, that's a guy that you can use all over the field. Uh, they really like Cole Turner. I think he just couldn't stay on the field and that was a big problem. Um, and I think that, you have the type of guys that are really going to make an impact in the run game. So I think when you have all the right personnel on the field, there'll be a lot less situations where we saw Washington get a three, four yard loss on third and short. So the mm. best thing that I think the first immediate thing we're going to see changing is the situational football where again, if it's third and short, they're just going to be quarterback sneak full, you know, all horses ahead. That's, that's the big, key that I think you need to see early on even more important than getting the ball and Terry McLaurin dots and getting your ball in the playmakers hands is on third and short third and whatever you know running the ball when you should and that's the thing you know an uh, offensive mind like EB that spent so much time with Andy Reid one thing that they get they know is situational football in the playoffs in the Super Bowl so that's what he's going to bring right away you know again I talk glowingly about it because I, I feel that I feel that he's the biggest off-season move that they've had probably in the last five years at least mm. he, he definitely is the biggest off-season move uh but we 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 should all be very curious and hopefully uh optimistic you know that that he can call a full game and, and be able to uh uh you know with the experience that he's ha had running behind Andy Reid uh be able to make those in-game adjustments we became predictable last year especially in the running game i mean uh, the, the the teams that were playing they knew when we were going to run the ball they knew when we were going to pass the ball um we just you know we don't know exactly how much uh, experience it, it, we know eric bianami's called plays uh you know andy's came out and said it but he hasn't called a full game um but he's got that he's got 10 years behind andy Reid. you've got to pick up something you know we uh, we we like He's definitely the biggest off-season move we've made. It, I I would say in the past ten years, to be honest. Probably, with you. <laughs> probably, yeah. probably, you, probably since we traded uh, traded those picks for Robert Griffin the third is what I'm thinking. And we we should all hope that this is going to, you know, maybe maybe Ron Rivera sails into the sunset after this year, and and Josh Harris be like, you know what, Eb, this is your team. Let's mm -hmm. hope we're keeping, keeping our fingers crossed because yep. damn, we 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 need a damn quarterback. Hopefully, Sal <laughs> Sam Howell is it, and and we need a the uh, the next head coach for at least the next ten years, and and hopefully, you know, Ron's not going to last that long. Obviously, um, he's just too old, and and the, you got to love the energy that Eb brings, and and uh, listening to and reading all the stuff from Twitter from from OTAs <laughs> today, though, you know how how energetic and vocal that. Yeah. that the enemy is um should you know take a shot uh to the players arms man and, and get them motivated and, and uh and you know he's going to cuss them out when they need it and he's going to praise them when 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 they deserve it so uh this is definitely a different feel to this team this year just the it's it's, it's there seems like there's more energy 
and, and there's more optimism. I know that has a lot to to do with Dan Snyder selling, um, but don't look you know don't look past this team making that step forward, especially if you get competent quarterback play and and good fucking red zone excuse my language play calling because that killed us last red zone i mean uh, two points i want to come on to i I spoke to hog farmer chris today and he's just sent me in some stuff from what he saw at otas today but adam jesse makes a great point there what what does ron rivera need to learn from last season not to repeat this season because in the red zone Jesus, sometimes. I mean, I'm just like, to quote my good friend, Keith, I'm just a dude sitting here on the couch in the UK. I could see some of the plays he was going to call and I'm screaming at my TV. Don't do it. Don't do it. Bam, he's done it. What is the one thing, all this lame duck talk and, you know, EB is going to be our coach. That could happen. Don't get me wrong. That could happen. Adam, in your opinion, what are the lessons Ron Rivera needs to learn from last season not to take into this one? Yeah. You know, it really just reminds me of when, you know, Shanahan and Shanahan Jr. are watching. And this was my hope that Shanahan was going to ride into the sunset and, you know, Jr. was going to be the head coach. And, you know, that is the ideal situation. But in my opinion, Ron Rivera, I think by giving EB the assistant coach status, you know, you're talking about a defensive minded coach. So I think he'd be, you know, he he has a longstanding relationship with Del Rio. I think he's much better off, you know, really leaning towards that side of the game and really focusing on that. And the situational stuff, I actually heard they hired, um, uh, you know, time management, clock management, you know, staff now. So they're they're learning, hopefully, from some of their mistakes, which was, you know, in-game management, you know, too many delay games, too many substitution errors, just like silly stuff that you were seeing. Mm. So I think that by watching the offense really, you know, play smart ball, I think the defense is going to play off them, you know, my opinion, the only thing that's going to really hold them back is injuries, because I think that, you know, in football, coaching is key to anything there is. And I think finally, you know, with Del Rio, I was hard on him for a while, but man, that guy really came through with his guys, really got them playing. I think you've added more talent. You've given him basically everything, you know, that he wants, because I think fans are caught up in the lack of linebacker. But I'm really just getting the sense that it's not about that they can't get one. It's they don't want to get one. They I feel like they, one. Yeah. they yeah. love yeah. the Buffalo nickel idea. Yeah. They love the idea. You know, they drafted Jamin Davis high. So, he, you know, he'll be the one linebacker that probably plays more than 70% of the snaps. I think everyone else, you know, probably won't play more than 50, 60% of the snaps. So I think that he's doing what he wants to do. I don't think this is just a lack of they're just ignoring the position. I think that's how much Del Rio has. Uh, if, as far as influence on the defense. And then EB, like you said, he, he has the offense. So I think Ron will be able to really just maybe concentrate on just being a head coach, you know, mm. focus on the game and not have to have all these things in his basket, you know, because the guy had to clean up the organization. You know, he was brought in to be the spokesman for everybody, even for ownership. And, you know, there's talk that he doesn't get along with Jason Wright. And, you know, it's just, I think this soap opera, everyone's excited, but I think when pen is to paper and this is done, I think we're going to feel it. We're literally going to feel it because I think that once Harris comes in, it's going to be too late. He's not going to do anything with the football staff, but, you know, he's going to make some noise. You know, it might stay with J- J- Jason Wright, you know, other guys, but I think, you know, cleansing this organization of, you know, the past mistakes, I think, you know, it, that's going to be a big step forward. Mm, just before we get to the hopefully new owner, like I say, Hog Farmer Chris, I said to him, like, what were the 
what were the big takeaways uh, from uh, OTA today? He said practices in the morning versus later in the, in the day, like previous years. He says EB is very vocal about what he wants, certain things, how he wants certain things to go. If he sees a drill or an individual slacking, they're going to hear hear it from him on the spot. Um, he also says the offenses, offensive line is a new group for the most part. It's going to take some time for them to mesh together. And he also says, by the way, Andy, I love our fans. It's uh, yeah. I mean, you know, it does sound like EB is hitting the ground running. It's he wants to get. I think what the important thing is that he gets his values and his principles of football over to our guys quickly. And once they're on board with that, and I think it well, gee, it can't be any worse than Scott Turner. Jesus, I mean, I think once they're on board with that, I think that can only benefit us uh, as an organization. I mean, um, Jesse Adam mentioned it there. The 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 takeover is it's happening. Apparently, Dan Snyder he's gone. He's Finally, sailing off on his boat into the sunset. Hopefully, hitting an iceberg on the way out. We all know. We all know how that ends. Jesse, what statements would you like to see from the new ownership group? Adam touched on it there. A lot of people have been on social media. Well, he needs to clean house. And poor old Jason Wright's getting blamed for absolutely everything this week. I mean, I think it rained here this morning. I blame Jason Wright. Uh, you know, but it was it's ridiculous. I mean, some of the things I don't get wrong, social media complete it is good at times. I know Jesse, you took a break from Twitter from a while. This week, I'm kind of seeing why. Because I, I think <laughs> I, I, I think I spent three hours on Sunday evening. People say, oh, you're only sticking up for Jason, right? Because you met him and you know him. And no, I'm sticking up for him because he's done good for our organization. Jesse, what do you say to these these fans and these media outlets that have been out there in the last week saying, well, the new owners are going to come in, they're going to clean house, Jason's going to be gone, Julie's going to be gone, you know, apparently everyone's going to be gone. These this new ownership need to make a statement. Now, like Adam said, now they're going to want football people in the building. They're not going to come in and go, right, you lot out. Let's just get a whole because if you bring everyone new in, we we're basically starting from scratch again. What do you think to all this nonsense that's been going on in the last week about the new owners coming in and cleaning house and this person needs to go and that person needs to go? It's 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 not going to happen right away. For one, uh, there Josh Harris is going to come in. He's going to sit back for this year and he's going to watch and he's going to learn. He's going to learn these people and and listen. Um, people that you know, blame Jason for this and that. Has he made mistakes? Sure. We're, we're human. Everybody makes mistakes. He's owned up to him. Uh, but there, that doesn't happen that, often in Washington. People yeah. don't often own up to mistakes. That's true. People are the ones that, that are complaining or sitting on their couch. They're not going to events. They're not staying engaged. They don't know. They don't see what he's done. Uh, they're not going to training camp. Um, if you take a snapshot of what this team is right now, uh, to what it was during the Vinny and Bruce Allen days. I've, I've been to all oh, of them. I've, 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 been, I've been doing training camps and, mm. and going to games for, for 35 years now. Okay. Um, it's a night and day difference. Uh, so they, they just don't see what he does. They, they don't see what he brings in. And, and the fact of the matter is he's been doing one with an almost zero budget, man. Mm. They, he has not been given full autonomy uh, to do all the things that he's done because he, the, the money just wasn't there, you know, um, he's actually done so much and, and, and he, he just doesn't get enough credit, uh, to, to be honest with you. Um, is he going to stay? I don't know. You know, that's, that's something that's going to be between him and Josh, uh, Josh Harris, Josh Harris may come in, look at what's been done the past three years and say, here's a blank check. Keep it going. 
We don't know. We do not know. We we're, One thing that we do know is Ron Rivera and company is going to be here uh, for the 2023 season. Mm-hmm. Jason Wright's going to be here for the 2023 season. Who knows after that? And we know the name's not fucking changing. So let's just get that. All them people out there that be like, well, the first thing you should do is change your name back to Redskins. Yeah, that, that, oh. there's, there's so many more important, uh, you know, just back on Jason, this, the stuff that he's done, you know, with trying to get the stadium, try, talking to D.C. officials, Maryland officials, Virginia officials, that stuff does not is not going to go unnoticed. He's done a lot of legwork for the stadium. Um, he's going to have layouts and plans and everything for Josh Harris as soon as he comes in, because that's the first thing that Josh Harris is going to want to do right. is, is figure out where this new stadium is going to go. And Jason's already done that legwork for him. Mm-hmm. All right. These are the possibilities. This is what we have to do to uh, go get in DC. This is what we have to do to build in Maryland. This is what we have Jason to do. Jason told us that last September, didn't he? Yeah. When we were, we were, we were sitting in his office and we were like, and he openly admitted to us. And it's, I'm not saying anything now that's confidential. He was yeah. like, I want this team back in DC. Yeah. This is where and, I want this and, team to be. And that's not me saying I'm not breaking his confidence. Me, Jesse, and all the other UK guys, we were sitting in his office and he said, we asked him out straight. And he was like, I want this team to be in the heart of Washington, D.C. Now, yeah. is that the RFK site? Who knows? Yeah, who, who knows? But the fact of the matter is he's he's done a lot and, and stuff that he doesn't get recognized for, nor, you know, and that's okay. That's fine. But the people that are sitting back and complaining and saying that he should be fired, they just, they don't know. They don't see it. I mean, yeah, FedEx field is a, a uh, shithole. Um, <laughs> we, we understand that it's, it's, how is that his fault? Okay. Yeah. He didn't feel the, fill the stance. How is that? It, it, the, the, it's called the Snyder factor. Winning okay? fills the stands. Exactly. Right. This this is this is twenty plus years of of shit hitting the fan, and Literally. the fan keep is keep going. Okay, and he's in here trying to clean it up little by little. It's not going to happen overnight. You know, it's not going to happen in one year. It's not. It's going to take five, six, seven years for all the mm-hmm. stuff to get cleaned up. You know, and that, it it takes time. It's, it there's no such thing as a miracle worker. It, it, it's that's not it. Uh, of the twenty plus years of of sure shit showness. Um, give it some time for it, you know, to be able to sweep all this stuff up because he's dealing with investigations. He's dealing with media. He's dealing with stadium. He's dealing with, with uh, season tickets. He's dealing with a lot and he's doing, he's cleaning up a little bit at a time and, and it's showing. I go to events, I go to games, I see it, man. And, and people just got to just chill the hell out, man. Okay. They put a sign up where porta potties are at. That they didn't put the porta potties there, and there's a street sign that's that's um, delegated by the city. Okay, the city puts those signs there. It tells you where to put those signs up. Yes, it's a bad, bad look. The uh, Sean Taylor Memorial, you know, the second time around. Not, I, I guess people just don't realize that that Sean's daughter helped design that thing. Okay, that's that's what the family wanted. Who gets ridiculed? Jason does. I get it. It wasn't the greatest thing in the world. But if you sat back and thought about it, listen to Jackie, and you're like, oh, okay, you know, I, I get it now. Mm, yeah. Yes, there needed to be some kind of historian there to to you know get the spellings of the names right, get the years on the crest right. Yes, and he's he's fixed those 
issues. Um, the problem is, is he didn't have the money to be able to hire these people because Dan Snyder and Tanya Snyder wouldn't give it to him. Yeah. You know? No, yeah. No, you're right, mate. You're well, right. Yeah, I, it sounds like I'm making excuses for the guy and, and I'm really not. I'm just giving, trying to give people Facts. context of what's, yeah what's going on you know yeah. you get you can't look at things at face value uh all the time you you, you got to look at the context of the situation and, mm. and try to think about it before you make your judgments yeah, well people thinking about things on twitter before they tweet never jesse i won't hear of it adam just briefly my friend before we just uh, wrap up here with it i just want to get your guys uh views on uh, where how you, what you think our record will be what do you want to see from this new ownership group, Adam? If you had a, a little crystal ball and you can stare into the future and we're sitting here this time next season, what are you hoping to have seen in our organisation from this new ownership group? What I would hope to see is, you know, people are pay paying their hard money, hard-earned money to come to games. So, you know, they talk about, you know, I just found it with FedEx. It's not necessarily even a lease to 2027. It's basically just an understanding. And there's really, if Harris wanted to leave, from what I understand, there there's really not a whole lot of legal recourse so he could do that. But what I would like to see is him to put some money, put some money into FedEx field. You know, we talk about the shit hitting the fan, literally, you know, the pipes burst and all that. That's on Snyder. That's It's not just about him not giving money. You know, we're going to find out for years to come how money was embezzled. You know, it's I'm sure it's going to be in the hundreds of millions in the end when we find out the full you know story about him. So uh, organization trying to work on that. It's going to start from the ground up. And I think the first thing you do is the fan experience. You know, if, if he wants to keep Jason Wright in the same position, great. But whatever he does, I think you bring additional people. If you're not going to subtract, that's fine. Just bring additional people that are the best in the industry. You know, he's the owner of the Sixers and the Devils. You know, although they've had their struggles as well since he's come to there, you know, he's definitely helped them from where they were. Um, as far as fan experience, I think that that's going to be a big thing that Washington fans have. That The difference of, you know, Philadelphia, New Jersey Devils is, although they have a history, not like Washington. Washington's history is NFL made. You know, you're mm. talking about the Giants, Bears, Washington, you know, even Cowboys to later extending Green Bay, Kansas City, these teams. These are the teams that really built the NFL to what it is today. So it's not just about helping an organization, you know, get back to quote unquote where they were. It's understanding your market. You are in a huge market, regardless if they go to D.C., Virginia or Maryland. They still have the DMV fans. So, you know, building the stadium up, you know, the fan experience, you know, I think having fans being able to a reason for them to come to the games, you know what I mean? Like, you know, tailgating is mm -hmm. great. You know, the traditions are great, but you have to put more there. You know, if you just look what the, you know, the Raiders are doing in Las Vegas, you know, they have their niche over there. I think you have to come up with, you know, a lot more. So I think the first thing he's got to do is get the people that are in the know how to create best fan experience and really just put a lot of money into that. Because I think what's going to happen on the field is going to happen based on the talent they have, the coaching. There's nothing the ownership can do with that right now. What they can do is focus on the stadium, yes, but they still have a couple, you know, we're hearing early estimates is 2031 of a possible uh you know time frame of when we could see a stadium so that there, there's RFK, a decent amount of time. rfk i think they were talking about possible at rfk right yeah you know? right so yeah. you know i think it, if you're, you're you're coming in you're buying an organization if you want to get fans back yes you got to hope for the team to do good but you have to you know build up you know you have to be able to market come to the new and improved fedex yeah. you know um, you know, offer something that no other team is doing, you know, something that's going to separate you. That's what I think that the new ownership can do right away. And that's why I think Magic Johnson is going to be a part of it because I honestly mm -hmm. think that he's going to be 
uh, probably a figurehead. I think Harris will he'll be visible, but you know a lot more than Snyder. But Magic Johnson, I think we're going to see him. He'll be a lot the voice more. piece, won't he? Yeah, he'll yeah. be the he'll be yeah. the mouthpiece. He was involved. He was involved with the Dodgers, and he wasn't mm-hmm. really front and center. But baseball is not that kind of sport. You no. know, they don't really march out there. You know, it, it's kind of an old guy sport, to be honest with you, as far as how they market and how they do everything. But football, football is, you know, that it's number one. It's number one in this country. And I think, what do you do? You get a legend like Magic Johnson, you know, get out, you know, amongst the fans. And I think you talk about a fan experience, you know, having Magic Johnson, you know, even though it's a sports crossover, I think, you know, that's there was so much focus on the old school Redskins and bringing back all the alumni. That's great. But as we've seen, that's only going to do so much. You know, yeah, I there's think only so like, many times you can roll that out as well, isn't it? Right. Yeah. And I think one thing about Julie Donaldson, you talk about him, you know, she's somebody that I've talked to many times. I think you look at her and be like, you're, you're, you're straight over there. You don't have to worry about that. Like her and what they have going with Logan Paulson, Santana Moss. Great setup. Great setup. You know, it's better than good. I think if you look at a lot of fan bases, see, I, I'm a guy that, like, I look at the other fan bases. I go on Jets Twitter. I'm in New York and Giants Twitter. And, you know, it, it, we think it's bad, you know, that we've seen over Snyder. But I think Washington's finally getting straight with these shows, having people like Logan Pulse. You know, he's not just some figurehead. He's a guy that really knows how to break down film. And I think when you have that aspect with the former players, you know, London Fletcher, you know, they have for the game day experience. You know what I mean? So I think when you're able to start, a, you know, you're building something right now. So mm-hmm. really just come in and just add to what they're already doing. Cause I don't think that, you know, what they have from a broadcast and you know, what they're presenting to the fans on YouTube and all the way they're doing it. I think they're in the right direction with that. So really just keep adding to that. Mm. Yeah, yeah. No, most definitely. You know, I, I've been, I go to a lot of games and, and, and every single game, no matter if we win or lose, I have a great time. My, my fan experience and I'm speaking for myself uh, is great. Um, have you ever been to uh, the Tennessee Stadium? Talk about a shithole. We're not even worst stadium in the league. Let me tell you. <laughs> let me tell you something, man. Where FedEx isn't that bad. It's not as bad as everybody on Twitter that sits sits at home on their couch and watches a game and makes fun of uh, you know FedEx. It's not that bad. Andy, you travel across the damn ocean to come to FedEx Field. Is it the best stadium? No, not by far. You know, there's definitely upgrades that can Mm -hmm. be made. And believe it or not, they haven't making upgrades. They've been putting new seats and they've been putting this field level like suite in there. They they're they're doing things. They they're making these mesh um, like kind of uh, like club area seats um, in uh, in the breezeway. So they are doing little things. I do think they need to spend about $10, $15 million in there. As soon as they come in the door, like Adam said, go ahead and put about 10 or 15 million in the FedEx. Uh, Do what you got to do to make the fan experience a little bit better until they get that new stadium. Okay. But they don't got to go crazy. They don't have to go crazy. Little things. And and this year they're putting new video boards, new speaker uh, system in, uh, you know, um, they're putting new, uh, I think, uh, TVs um, uh, all throughout the stadium. So if you're going to the bathroom, you're going to still going to be able to see the game. Uh, you're going out to to get something, to eat, uh, get some food. They're going to see and lower the price uh, price of beer, please. I would appreciate. Oh it. my That's God, please lower the price, lower of, the price of, beer. of beer after week one That's last week. And, but, um, and listen, listen, I, this is just and I'm just throwing out that throwing this out there. Yes, it's sixteen dollars for a beer, but 
the beers are huge. Like they're gigantic. So it's kind of like two beers uh, for, mm. you know, so just saying, just lower that down $11. Okay. And you'll be all right. <laughs> uh, talking of fan experience, just wrapping up, Jesse, uh, the flights are booked. The B&B, the Air, Airbnb is booked. Where the English are coming back week one, my friend. You get to yeah. be English again for another weekend. And, and, and your chauffeur will be there picking y'all up from Dulles at uh, 3.30 uh, Eastern Standard Time. Yes, we have Jesse's show. Adam, are you going to make week one this year? Oh, man, I'm, I'm always here, man. I'm a, I'm all, <laughs> I have so much roots now in New York. I, I left D.C. Mind you, we nearly, killed, we nearly killed Jesse last year. Years so, ago. Yeah. <laughs> I used to live in D.C. And, you know, I definitely I definitely miss aspects of it. But now I live in the country now. So although I travel here and there, I don't go to Maryland often, uh, Maryland, D.C. too much anymore. No, well, you, ought to come, you ought to come out, uh, Adam. We're all last year we all got together uh we 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 stayed in georgetown and we went out and and, and uh, you know we hung out with the burgundy zone boys we hung up there were so many people that came in and oh, yeah. hung out and we had a good time just for the weekend and all met up at theisman's had a good time there and and uh just enjoyed the the cherry on the cake right there is we won you know mm -hmm. so yeah. we, that's my year, stomping ground man Georgetown, that's my stomping ground, man. My father went there. I had a restaurant in Georgetown. No, nice. that's you know, it's 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 crazy. You get older, you have kids, and it's like you know, you want to go home, you want to go hang. But man, you just get you just get caught up. But definitely the plan, definitely a plan to come to one of the games these days, and definitely hang out with you for sure, for sure, oh, guys. Man. Well, uh, Jesse, Adam, it, it's been great to come on and talk some Washington football. I, I, I like I say, I am Keith. I haven't made my own podcast for like three or four weeks now. I've been so busy, but uh, absolutely love talking ball. I absolutely love talking football, especially with you guys. Uh, Adam, just tell our listeners uh, where they can find you and what you've got coming up, bro. Sure. Yeah. Oh, you know, always find me on Twitter. You know, I try to be on there as much as possible, even though sometimes you don't want to engage in these, you know, really like non-football conversations. Oh, geez, I, there's been plenty of them this last week. <laughs> So that's a, at the B and G report, but always find my content. Um, always. Uh, I do a show with uh, Doug McRae. You mentioned Good one yesterday. I, I tell Doug, I was talking to myself on Facebook for like 20 minutes. Tell him to check the comments yeah. every now and again, Adam. <laughs> yeah. Well, he, that, you know, Doug is uh, three shows a week. He, you know, he does a show with us and he does two different shows as well. So he I enjoyed yesterday's one. It was a good show. So, uh, yeah, no, we transitioned from, you know, pre-draft talk to now, you know, we'll start to get into, you know, of course, more commanders and more fantasy football. So always catch me on there. But the Burgundy and GoldReport.com, that's where all my content comes out. Uh, we'll go through all the rookies, all the undrafted guys that I think have a chance to make this roster. We'll rotate that, do a couple of those a week. And then leading up to training camp, we'll continue to have the content at the Burgundy and GoldReport.com. Well, good. keep doing the great work that you're doing. Uh, Jesse, where can we find you John, Keith, and that other English guy, wherever his name is, Hartley. Hartley. Uh, yeah, it's in old Scott Hartley. Um, yeah, we're about to kick off season three of the Bleeding Burgundy podcast. Uh, you're going to check us out on Mondays and Fridays. Well, there's off-season OTAs uh, until training camp comes. We're just going to do one show a week, and then we'll move back to two shows a week uh, during training camp and um, this season. Uh, but you can check us out on YouTube. Uh, you can check me out on Twitter at Jesse's24. Um, and uh, drop a line. We do live shows, so you can come and get involved. We're not uh, – you know, we don't talk X's and O's uh, like the whole time. Uh, we usually bag on each other, bag on the team, bag on other teams. You know, Jerry Jones pops in and, and uh, you know, has a chat. A, peng and, a penguin oh, nearly pops up pretending to and, be me. And, 
and 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 yeah, we have our own uh, uh, mascot and and uh, Andy Burroughs that joins us sometimes. Have you seen uh, that? Have you seen what they've done to me on that podcast? Adam? We, we got a we got a, a a new guest that comes on, and Jim Irsay calls into the show uh, when when he's uh, at least half coherent. Um, sometimes <laughs> you know he's got to you know wipe some of that uh, white stuff off his nose. But um, yeah, we are. Uh, just just four dudes that that love this team and love making fun of each other basically yeah. uh, that, that's how it should be uh anyone out there on twitter listening don't take this fucking twitter app too seriously just enjoy yep. talking football uh <laughs> you can find us at commander bunker on twitter uh myself freddie and andy i promise you all three of us are going to be back next week talking some more washington football but until then adam jesse always a pleasure my guys it is now nearly one o'clock in the morning I have got to get out of here and get some sleep. But uh, I have been your host, Andy Burrows. Till next time, everybody, bunker down and stay safe.